Praise the Lord. <gasps> Wonderful day. Oh my goodness. It has been a terrific day for me. I'm hoping it's been terrific for you too. Yeah, because, uh, you know, this is another day, another Sunday, where we get a chance and hopefully we've had a chance to bless the name of the Lord because, you know, it's been all day. So there's some services that started at 8 o'clock. Shout out to the services that started at 8 o'clock this morning. There's some services that, of course, started at 10 10 30 you know and they are like they were done and probably out almost in time for hmm, the game and then there's some services that hang out and do it 12 and beyond well we're here thank you for joining another lfhhm together with him broadcast I'm Sister Ann Moles, and I'm going to be your MC for the day. And we're just going to lift up the name of Jesus. We have some really exciting, it's a really some fun music today, I think. And then we have a word from the Lord. So this is just an opportunity to spend some time with him together again. Because he's worthy. Isn't he worthy to be praised? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for another day, another week that has gone by, God, victoriously, because we're here with our mind still stayed on you. God, we just ask that you just bless us on today. Just speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds, God. Just be with us in these moments. God, touch our ears, touch our hearts, touch our minds. Let us hear what you have to say and let us be on fire for you. And take it out to the world, God, to declare your goodness and your wonderful presence and salvation. Huh? Give us the unction. Give us the, the heart's desire. Give us the urgency to live for you, God, and to take it to the world. God bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, I, I get excited when I start praying. I just love the Lord. Prayer just is like, it is like the glue of life. It's the glue of life. Without prayer, I don't know. It's like, what would we know to do? Would we communicate? Would we be able to tell him all about what's going on? Would he be able to speak to our hearts? I don't think so. I think that prayer is is the essence of all. huh? And he gives that way of communication to us so that we can just pour our hearts out to him. And you know, the thing about prayer is that it doesn't have to end just after the formalities of it. Yeah, we have formalities of prayer where we collectively pray when we're in sanctuary. The formalities of prayer when we pray over our food. Yes, when we pray together with our families, that's great. 
But what about it just continuing on? We live in a in a time of, of prayer where we live our lives just the Holy Spirit speaking to us and we speaking to him. That, that's pretty great. That's what I love about the Lord is that he is always, always mindful of us and he never slumbers and he never sleeps. So he's always there when I'm up, he's up. When I need him, he's there. Amen. Comforting and touching my heart. And he'll do the same for you too. (laughs) Won't he do it? (laughs) Big shout out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank him and I praise him with my very life. Amen. Shout out to all the LFHHM volunteers. Now, you know who you are, the volunteers that just make this thing go. And I say thing, it's a, it's a movement, it's a ministry, it's a lifestyle for them. See, the volunteers, they don't, just don't think of it as being a burden. When they volunteer, they give their time, and it's part of just giving back to God. And we just thank the Lord for them. Uh, thank you for joining the on-the-go broadcast yesterday. So what we do on Saturdays, we give an opportunity to highlight a great testimony from a believer uh, who is on fire for Jesus, and we get to hear about their ministry. So big shout out to Sister Yolanda Scott, and she gave her testimony yesterday. It's out there too. So if you want to hear about the testimony and enjoy some some praise time uh, again uh, do it all over again but it's just a little short thing that we do on Saturdays giving God some glory on Saturdays well it's out there on our YouTube channel Twitch uh, Vimeo uh, all of them it's out there and of course for the Facebook uh, those that attend on Facebook, we just thank the Lord for you. But big shout out to Sister Yolanda Scott. Pray for these ministries. Pray for the testimonies too. Because even though we have a testimony, that means that there was a test that somebody had to go through in order to give God the glory on the other side. Now, I'm not going to wait. <laughs> but, you know, we have a song, don't wait till the battle is over. But shout now, huh? And those testimonies really do enlighten my heart. And it just encourages me to run on for Jesus. I'm sure it'll do the same for you too. They may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When, trust me, when you're on the Lord's side, You know, I don't care how bad things get. I don't care how bad things look. He blesses with some favor, some surely goodness, huh? Surely goodness, mercy, huh? And it will follow you all the days of your life. So where you find yourself, guess what? That surely goodness And that mercy is following you. And that's some good stuff. That's a blessed place to be in God. A blessed place to be. I'm telling you. Okay. (laughs) 
What a great song. Rev K.J. Blaine. He said, this time, you know, we go through some changes, don't we? Yeah, we go through some changes. And uh, that's just a part of life. It's, uh, it's just a part of life to go through some changes. Uh, don't, um, don't think that with, with just uh, life in itself, life in itself will bring changes. Nothing stays the same. Nothing stays the same. It will change. So just as things don't look great, just as things aren't great, huh? just know that there will be a change that weeping may endure for a night, but certainly joy, joy comes in the morning. Amen. Uh, we're going to go right into our word today. And then we're going to get another praise going on for the Lord and just enjoy Jesus. Now, the front part of this, I think that the uh, those that are on the the uh, YouTube got a chance to see the first part of this. And then the Facebookers, you know, we're probably going to have to put a link up there to where you get a chance to see all of it. But Facebook, we just uh, thank you for joining and checking out the labors for his harvest together with him broadcast all right so we're just going to go right into our word today and you know what that means that means <clears throat> let's get that bible out let's get the bible out now this bible i think of course i've shared all of my bibles <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the ones that I use. So for the ones that uh, that that you don't see yet, those are the ones that uh, they're probably just too too old and everything. If I'm not showing them, because I I keep my Bibles, I don't throw them away. So the Bibles that I use, I bring them out and I get to showcase them. And this is another one. Of course, it has the tabs in it. Now, these tabs aren't very expensive. So you can get your Bible and you can put your tabs in and it marks the chapters in your Bible. And then that way, when you're in your Bible class, which I know you're going. Hello. I know you attend a Bible class. All these great online Bible classes all these great opportunities to spend some time in the word of God, these great teachers and ministers. Now I want to give a shout out to the Bible class I attend. That's at the Boone Tabernacle, the historic Boone Tabernacle Church of God in Christ, where the Bishop L.F. Thuston and Lady Marian Thuston uh, work with that ministry and Bishop Thuston is second to none when it comes to teaching the word of God he is an educator I tell you that speaks Hebrew knows all that Hebrew and everything and brother is just bad on it okay so if you need a Bible class to attend and you want to get that good word in check them out and go out to the website and and contact them and I'm sure that they'll get you a link to the Bible class and you're certainly invited I know I go and I enjoy it myself all right so 
now that you have your Bible, let's turn to Genesis chapter 29. And then we'll be looking at verse 32. I want to talk about how the grace of God is sufficient. How it's enough. Yeah. I want to talk about a lady named Leah. Sister Leah. Now, Leah, if we remember the story that we've been uh, reviewing and, and diving into, we Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right, so Leah was Jacob's wife, okay? Now, when we read the story of Jacob, we know Jacob had some big things going on, okay? Brother had some major issues, uh, and we have been really into Jacob and really looking at his background. But what you can do on your own is go to Genesis 29 and just read. I want you to read that. That's going to be kind of homework, right? So if you want to look at a good Bible story and a Bible account. Now, the, this is, these are historical accounts. These aren't just little stories that uh, may not mean anything to the world. No, these are historical accounts. And this can be backed up because this version that we have and even the word the word has been written and translated from manuscripts okay so here this historical account I want to talk about Leah now Leah was Jacob's wife and I would say first wife okay now Leah was the older sister between the two sisters it was Leah and Rachel and that was Laban's kids. So when Jacob got into trouble and he was running from Esau because, you know, he felt that Esau was going to kill him because he stole the birthright. And we've been all through that, all over that. Well, he headed to Laban's house. And then Laban had two daughters. And when Jacob saw one of the daughters, Rachel, he straight fell in love with her. He just, that was his wife. That, that He was just going to have Rachel. That was going to be his wife. He fell in love with her. And he wanted to marry her. Okay. Well, we talked about, too, that uh, old Jacob was a trickster. So he was a, he was a lying, conniving kind of a guy. And guess what? Uh, the relative or the guy that he ran into that household, her daddy was even more of a lying, conniving kind of guy. He was an idol worshiper, right? He was a guy that just, he was going to have his way and he wasn't going to have it any other way. So when it came to getting married, because Jacob said, look, I want to marry your daughter. Went to the old Laban and said, I want to marry your daughter. And Laban said, well, you know, she's got an older sister and it's not right that uh, that the older sister, you know, isn't uh, married first because it's kind of tradition or whatever. Well, anyway, this is kind of after the trick happened. And really, Jacob thought that he was marrying Rachel when in fact, the next morning when he woke up, it wasn't Rachel, it was Leah. 
the older sister. Okay, so we think about that. Now, Leah had to be a part of it too. She had to go along with the plan. She had to be a, a part of it. It couldn't have been just her just saying, okay, well, you know, uh, I'm innocent. I don't know. But, of course, during that time, we also know that people, they lived in a time, and even now, very influenced, influenced by the parents, influenced by all kinds of things in life. And women just didn't have a voice, not like we do now. And there's women around the world that still don't have a voice. That's why we as women, we should use our voices. We should use them in a godly way, in a godly way. All right. So anyway, Leah went along with it and come to find out the next morning, Jacob thought he was married to Rachel and he was really married to Leah. And Leah uh, was, they say she wasn't as beautiful, but I don't know. I think that there's other accounts where they say she was just as beautiful as Rachel, but she just cried all the time and her eyes were just kind of kind of wet and, and tired from crying. But the thing is, is that she was a woman. She had feelings. And she found herself in a bad way. Yeah, how many of us have found ourselves in a bad way based on the decisions that we made, we decided to make? She probably could have fought it. Yeah, but, but what future would she have had? So she was dealing with fear not knowing about what her future was going to hold. And even still, you know, just because she was beautiful or even if she wasn't uh, as beautiful as the sister, she was still a human being. And she had feelings. And she had desires to want to be loved. Yeah, we want to be loved. I know, I want to be loved. My grandbabies love me. I want to be loved, and I'm sure others do too. Sure, people want to be loved. That's one of the things that God, how he made us. We are people that, we're human beings. We're not just to to be here and be around in life and not enjoy enjoy the, the different uh, feelings that the Lord has given us. Well, love, dignity, yeah, respect. Those are things that we as human beings desire. And Leah was no different. She desired it too. She desired those things too. Well, it came to a situation to where, all right, as a wife, you should have children. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And that's where we would like our children to be born in a marriage. Okay, so... As Christians and saints, do your best. Do your best to have your families in a marriage. And I'm not talking about for those uh, those uh, who didn't have didn't wait before marriage and you know, here come the children or whatever. Look, they're still a blessing from the Lord. So we're not going to toss anybody aside or anything like that. But we're talking about the situation with Leah here. And as a wife, she desired to have children. And then one of the things that happens when you have children is you would hope that there would be some love there. Now, I know it's a lot of women out there. I know there are that hope that, look, if I have a baby by 
this guy, whatever, look, maybe he'll like me. Maybe he'll love me. Maybe he'll take care of me. Maybe, maybe. Well, however, it was the same kind of attitude that Leah had. Every time she would, she would have a child or she would just do whatever it would take to win the heart of Jacob, to win his heart and to win his love. Let's read a little bit about what happened. So in Genesis chapter 29, verses 32 through 35, at verse 32, and I'm going to read in the Amplified, Leah conceived and gave birth to a son and named him Reuben. See, a son. For she said, because the Lord has seen my humiliation and suffering, now my husband will love me since I have given him a son. Oh boy. So she named her firstborn son Reuben, which means, see, a son. All right. Now, it's telling us that Jacob didn't love her. He loved Rachel. He loved some other he loved another woman. And how many situations do we do people find themselves in where the guy doesn't really want you? He wants somebody else. You know, there was a book that they wrote, and this is a worldly book, but the book was called He's Just Not That Into You. Yeah, he's just not that into you. I don't know if it's still in publication, but the gist of the book was about people who weren't into wanting to date the person or a different per another person. So it's like if he really wasn't wasn't into you, he would have some different signs. He would he would probably just tell you. You know, a lot of times people would just tell you whether or not they're into you. And this can go male or female. Okay, we're talking about Leah, but just know that brothers can deal with the same thing. You can deal with the same thing. Brothers can be in a loveless marriage. Sure can. Sisters are, can be in a loveless marriage, but brothers can be in a loveless marriage too. And this was the effort. This is what Leah was doing and how she went through to deal with being in a loveless life, a loveless marriage. All right, verse 30, 33. Then she conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, because the Lord heard that I am unloved, he has given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. God hears. All right. So we have, see a son, God hears. And still, this was all in Leah trying to win the affection and love of her husband. That's what she wanted. And what did she do? Now, here's the thing. She was being prayerful. She prayed. Yeah, so she had to believe in who she was praying to. Yeah, I believe that even though she came from an idolatrous household, an idol worshiper, because her daddy was something else. Sounds to me like even old Jacob in his time and shortcomings in life and relationships, relationship with God, he was teaching her something. She had to know that, hey, this God, he must be real. I'm going to check him out and I'm going to pray. 
So notice what she did. She prayed. All right, here we go. Now, so Simeon was born, verse 34. She conceived again and gave birth to a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me as a companion, for I have given him three sons. Therefore, he was named Levi. Yeah. So there was another son, Levi, and she desired what? To be loved. Number one, she wanted her humiliation and her suffering to end. That's what she wanted. So she was praying for God to bless her with a son because, look, this guy was not loving on her so that she wanted her husband to love her. Okay, then Simeon came and she wanted to, again, was dealing with being unloved and she named Simeon God Hears. And then here again, she wanted to be attached. She wanted to be attached as a companion. She desired a companion. Now, that's part of really what love and marriage, it's kind of telling you the formula of what healthy desires are in a loving marriage. All right. You want love, huh? You want to be comforted and reassured, not dealing with the humiliation or uh, insults. That's <laughs> humiliation. Shoot, you can think of some things. So if you're in a loving marriage, you're not in a marriage where folks is calling you names and y'all calling each other names. You're trying to protect yourself and defend yourself. You're being humiliated. You're wanting to be in a loving marriage and you want a companion, all right, so that's another, that's another trait of a healthy marriage, to be a companion to your spouse. All right, so there here comes Levi, and, and then here, verse 35, again, she conceived and gave birth to a fourth son, and she said, now I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then, for a time, she stopped bearing children. Now I will praise the Lord. Hmm. You know, I kind of look at that scripture a little bit uh, different in a way. Well, after first, I wanted, I just, I need my husband to love me. I want him to love me. God, I'm praying again. God, I'm so unloved. I want you to hear me. God, he doesn't love me. God, I want to be a, I want him to be attached to me. I want him to be a companion. He still doesn't love me. Ah, and now what happened? She just said, look, look. Now I will praise the Lord. God, just thank you for this baby. <laughs> you know, that knucklehead may never love me. He may not ever love me. He may not be that companion that I desire. He may not uh, be as nice as he needs to be. Now, I'm not talking about staying in a marriage. Now, if you're getting beat or, uh, you know, you know that abuse, male or female, get to safety. That's what I believe. Get to safety and then work out and get some counseling. But first, get to safety. Don't stay in a, in a marriage to where you're being abused. Yeah, physically attacked and whooped on and all that. That's, that's no. That is, that's against the law. 
<laughs> and it's wrong. So don't send yourself through those type of abusive situations. Don't stay. But here, she was in a loveless marriage. Now, how do you deal with it? Now, she went to God and then finally she said, look, all right, God, I get it. Mm -mm. All right, God, I get it. It may not happen for me, hmm? but I get it. Now I'm just going to praise you. I will praise the Lord. That's kind of how I get a take on this here. Hmm? After all of what she went through, she just said, now I'm going to praise the Lord after this baby here. And she just started praising him by even naming the baby Judah. All right. Let's move on. Now, keep walking in God's purpose. My sister didn't stop desiring to be that wife, right? Uh, I believe it was God's purpose for Leah to be Jacob's wife. You know why? Because Leah had some kids. She was able to. She, she was strong in that way. And her sister, her sister wasn't. Yeah, now Leah had several kids and there was a battle going on in that. And because even there were some handmaids there, y'all. Mm -mm. So there were some handmaids and Leah and Rachel got to battling, you know, battle of the handmaids. <laughs> Allowing for the uh, side chicks to participate in trying to give folk kids and then give the other a one up in a relationship to uh, compete against each other to win the heart of this man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, that took something even to say. My goodness. Huh? Keep walking in God's purpose for you. Look for God's purpose. She did. She did. She worked it out. She did her best to walk in his purpose for God knows your rightful place. He does. He knows your rightful place. So maybe for a time, Leah got comfortable and just praised God and came up with the, with the realization and, and accepted the realization that, Hey, this guy may not ever, might not ever love me the way that I need to be loved, but I'm just going to go on anyway. Well, let's see how far that lasted. And think about it. How far does it last even with us? All right. Putting it in God's hands. All right. Let's look at Genesis chapter 30, verses uh, 14 through 20. Okay. So it says, Now at the time of the wheat harvest, Reuben the oldest child went and found some mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Now a mandrake was, uh, it's a fruit and it may, you know, have the kind of vitamins and minerals or whatever in it to, you know, kind of like a, uh, Maybe like an aphrodisiac or something, you know, uh, sort of like a, uh, something that'll make you want to feel all warm, fuzzy inside and, you know, maybe be able to conceive. Right. 
So that's what those mandrakes maybe represented. Something that would be good and nourishing to where it would help a, a woman conceive or whatever, even in that time. And what Rachel wanted, she wanted some of these mandrakes because she wasn't having the children that Leah was having. Yeah, Rachel was barren. She hadn't had any children. The Lord hadn't blessed her with any children yet. So even though she had the man, the man's heart, he loved her more than he loved any woman. She didn't have the children and she desired the children. So there's another thing. You may have something, but then you may not have what you want. And there we go, a desire. And it becomes uh, uh, kind of tormenting even in that way. How many of us have desired something that just, oh, we just got to have it. We want it so bad. It, you know, we, we want it so bad. It's just got to be, we want it. And we're not going to be happy until until we get it. You know, you got some some times like that some things in your life yeah well she wanted these mandrakes because she wanted a baby too well here goes Leah verse 15 but Leah answered it is a small thing that you have taken my husband is it is it a small thing that you have taken my husband Hmm. would you take away my son's mandrakes also So Rachel said, Jacob shall sleep with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. Oh boy. So here's another problem. Sounds like girl was trying to buy, buy the brother. Not a good idea, sis. Sisters, brothers, don't be trying to buy folk. Don't do it. Don't, that's, that's not the way this works. Okay, we continue to walk in what God has for us to do. We keep walking in God's purpose for us. If the folk ain't digging you, ain't wanting to be around you, ain't wanting to be with you like that, they like you as a friend, then go and like them as a friend. Just walk away if you can't handle it. But don't be trying to buy people. That's more torment and humiliation. Oh, my goodness. So here goes Leah. She hung in there for a while with just praising the Lord, but she fell off. Now she's like, okay, still feeling bitter and hurt, which I can understand. You know, it was a very complicated situation. And she bought her husband a night to spend the night with her husband. Well, Let's look at uh, verse 16. Now, when Jacob came in from the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must sleep with me tonight, for I have in fact hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. Mm. That doesn't sound like love or companionship. Yeah, that sounds pretty empty, but that's what happened, guys. Now, here comes God. You know, God has always been there. He hasn't, he's, I'm sure he's there because every, it's going to work together for the good according to his purpose. Now, even when we're blind and, and silly and ignorant and, you know, just deceived or hard-headed or whatever the case is, you know, God's purpose and plans will, it, it's going to work out for what he 
calls according to his purpose. It will. He's going to take everything and it's going to work out. But we're going through here. She's going through. But here goes God. Verse 17. God listened and answered the prayer of Leah. And she conceived and gave birth to a fifth son for Jacob. Then Leah said, God has given me my reward because I have given my maid to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Now that was Leah. And now Leah conceived again and gave birth to a sixth son for Jacob. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good marriage gift for my husband. Now he will live with me regarding me with honor as his wife because I have given birth to six sons. So she named him Zebulun. She's back at it. I'm going to do whatever I can to make this man love me. Oh, boy, not cool. But in that a gift, a child, God surely blessed her, gave her another son. Yeah. And with uh, with that, it, it was a gift to her husband, for her husband. Children are a blessing, guys. Don't run. <laughs> Don't run. Own up to them. Make it right. Turn around if you ain't did it right and, and make it right to the child, for the child. Pour into the child. Bless the child. Take care of the child. They're a blessing. They're a blessing from God. And she thought that this son, this baby, was going to allow for her to be regarded as his wife, which she was. Yeah, she was. All right. Now... Here's the thing. Leah did eventually die. She died and she died young. Yes, she did. Leah died sometime before Jacob, according to Genesis chapter 49, verse 31, at the time that Jacob, at the time that Joseph was brought to Egypt. So Joseph, when he was sold into slavery, that's around the time Leah passed. Okay. Yeah, she was no no older. She wasn't old, uh, no older than 44 when she died. So she was around 44 when she died. And she is thought to be buried in the cave of the patriarchs in Hebron alongside Jacob. Now, Jacob, when he passed, they took, uh, took his body and buried him in the cave. But there first uh, Leah had already passed and she was there all right this cave also houses the graves of Abraham and Sarah okay so that's the first patriarch Abraham and Sarah that we've talked about before and Isaac and Rebecca so those are two husband and wife teams there all right and now guess what here is Isaac uh, is Jacob and and Leah. Leah was buried alongside her husband. So all the married years that Leah tried to prove her place in life 
and gained the approval and love of a man, though it seemed to have never happened, God never forgot who she was. She was buried alongside her husband, Jacob, indicating her true position as Jacob's wife. Yeah, see, God knows your rightful place. He knows. So instead of tormenting yourself, we, as, as if we torment and live in torment and regret and try to make things happen in our way and in our time and all that, that that's just torment, okay? What we're to do is continue walking in the purpose of God and let him heal and enlighten us of who he is. And trust me, God will. He blessed He blessed Leah. He did. And he'll continue to bless. He could have continued to bless her in the peace that she had when she said, look, I'm just going to praise the Lord. I'm just going to praise him. But the desire kept coming and she kept going into it. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Saints, children. All right. God won't forget your position here on earth. He won't forget your position. He won't. The purpose and position of people or nation or his covenant. So he's not going to forget anything. He's not going to forget the position of his people. He's not going to forget the position of a nation. He's not going to forget the position of his covenant with you. He's not going to forget. So don't take all those years, those good years, young years, middle age, older years, any year. <laughs> Don't take those years and try to make something happen when it comes, especially to another human being. The love, the empty love, the, the competition. Don't do that. Give your life to the Lord and let him make it wonderful and purposeful. Amen. Now, here, we're reminded, we're going to go to the New Testament now. And we're going to look at these few scriptures. Humble by God. We're going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Okay, so that should be Corinthians there. All right. Now, here is Paul. Now, we know Paul the Apostle, who wrote most of the books in the New Testament. There are letters to the churches that were planted after the ascension of, of the Lord and the years came and the church continued on and on earth and the church grew. See, the church has to grow in a way to where people are sent out to tell of his goodness. That's how the church grows. So if one person gets saved and then they go and tell and evangelize and share their lives with another person and it just multiplies, it just multiplies. Well, Paul was a church planner. He was called to preach to the Gentiles. Yeah. See the first church, that first mission was for them to get with the Jews and get the Jews on board and and understanding that hey Jesus is is Lord he is the Messiah and many walked in that way 
But God, he not only died for the Jewish people, but he died for the whole world. So here comes Paul. Paul himself, God gave him the mission to pour into people to be the apostle. And he had to fight that. He, you know, he had to fight that uh, that pushback because, you know, they're like, oh, you know, because Paul was something else before God saved him. They were scared of Paul. Paul was a murderer. He had all kinds of things going on before God knocked him off his horse. You read about Paul sometimes. Well, Paul had a great mission. It's a great mission. When you are in the the will of God, when you are working for God, when you are on fire for God, when you are when you are saved, we're all commissioned to go and to tell others and make disciples. Well, the first kind of missions, it was Paul. And he went out there and he did just that. He did just that. But Paul had some great revelations. He had some great revelations. God gave him so much of the Bible and showed him so many things that there may have been an issue to where if if God didn't humble him, he may have been lost because he was like, look, I don't want to preach to somebody else and then I become a castaway. Paul was humbled by a situation. And let's read what that was and how that situation came about. So starting at verse seven, because of the surpassing greatness an extraordinary nature of the revelations which I received from God for this reason to keep me from thinking of myself as important. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to torment and harass me, to keep me from exalting myself. Hmm. Now, when we look at life, these so-called tormenting situations that we deal with. God, I just want to have this so bad. I got to have this so bad. I got to do this so bad. Whatever. I just got to have. I got to do. I got to be. All right. When we put ourselves or when we find ourselves in those tormenting situations where we may see something that is, is lack, we may consider it lack because our eyes aren't on what true provision is. Okay, we may see it as lack. Maybe what it is, is that God knows that we wouldn't be able to handle it anyway. Huh? I mean, how many of us think that we are uh, all that in a bag of chips because we know how to uh, do certain things? We are um, scholars in our craft. We have accomplished great things. Uh, some people in their youth, people want to flaunt and floss their youth. I'm so pretty. I'm so handsome. I'm so this, I'm so that. Well, Paul was given a great and extraordinary revelation and many revelations, according to the word of God, to lead people as an unto salvation. So it's like God knew, look, if I don't deal with Paul, he might not make it. And God knows that even with us. 
So that's why we are to learn to be content where we find ourselves. Now, I'm not saying not aspire to do better, not wanting to do better and being the best person that you can. Yes, certainly do. But don't become uh, achy and warning and beggy and fretful and, oh, I just can't live. I got to have this. You know, that that is obsession. And that's bondage. And that's torment. Right. All right. So Paul says, look, God sent. Hmm? Uh, uh, God sent uh, a thorn. That he received from God for this reason. So to keep him from exalting himself. You know, he didn't want Paul to have the big head and lose his salvation or whatever. Or he had to stay focused. That's another thing that that just came into my heart. Our lives are so important that the frivolous things that we think we want are not. They're just not important. God tries to keep us on the straight and narrow of what really is important. And if we focus on that, then we'll feel and be fulfilled. If we focus on the truth of what God's word says, not on silly desires or not so silly, but just desires that just aren't a part of what the plan is that God has for us. All right. Verse eight. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that he might leave, that it might leave me. So he pleaded with the Lord three times. God, heal me. Oh, get rid of this thorn. This thing is just tormenting me. It's harassing me. He pleaded with God three times hmm, that it might leave me. But he said to me, this is God saying to 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 uh, Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, for my loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses. This is what Paul says. Look, God said, look, I show up when you're weak. I show up when things aren't going well with you in that uh, situation. I show up. And God said that my grace, that his grace is sufficient. His loving kindness is sufficient. His mercy is sufficient. It's more than enough. That's what God said to him. Yeah, Paul was a, he was a trip. Yeah. So what do you think happens, guys, when we get saved? Do you think that all of those desires, issues, being a trip, being a jerk, that they just poof, we just, they just go away? That those tormenting devils and tormenting situations don't come back to us to tempt us into being a jerk or whatever we are or doing whatever we were doing before those are just they'll be there yeah yes the satan he'll leave for a season but they'll come back so if god didn't allow for this situation this torment to be on paul 
Who knows if Paul would have faltered and fell again? Who knows? Yeah, he could have. And his mission is so important, was so important then, is so important now, that he just could not mess that up. And you know what? Your mission is being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is so important. <laughs> we we can't afford to mess that up because what does it what will it take if we lose and mess up we'll lose our salvation we'll lose our very position with God yeah so Paul couldn't mess up all right God said his grace is sufficient he said look I show up when you're weak dude I'm right here and then here comes Paul. Paul said, okay, I got you. I hear you. I hear you, God. He said, therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses. You know what? I'm not scared of being weak or imperfect anymore. Because when my weaknesses show up, when I'm tempted with weakness, here comes God to strengthen. Yeah. So I don't have to stand in my own perfection. Um, I know that God's got me. This stuff is hard, but God's got me. I don't have the love and all of what I think I desire, but God's got me. I, I don't have all of the financial or the bling or the whatever the world says that you have to have in order to be accepted, which is the world's lie, but God's got me. See, that's how it works. And that's what Paul said. Therefore, I will be all the more gladly boast. I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me in my and may dwell in me. Yeah. And here's the here's the big one. So I am well pleased with weakness and with insults, with distresses, with persecutions and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. Yeah. See, we're going to endure. We're going to have those situations happen in our life anyway, whether we're saved or unsaved. But for the sake of Christ, I'm going to endure it. And I'm going to endure it like what the word of God says. I'm going to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Come on now. For when I am weak in human strength. Then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawn, drawing from God's strength. Huh? You know, God is the bomb. He is awesome. You can't even fail. Even in your weaknesses, he's got you. Even in your shortcomings, he's got you. There's no way you can't make this save life. There's no way that you can't be, that you can't be saved. There's no way that you can't be because even in your weakness, God's got you. He makes you strong. Wow. Truly strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. That's what he says. <laughs> I'm telling you, 
You don't have to worry. No need to worry. God's got your back. He has got your back. He's got my back. He is there for us. All right. Now, the attribute that I thought of that would be appropriate, of course, is God is gracious. God is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. Yes, he is. Yeah, Leah wasn't innocent. She found herself in that way. She wasn't innocent. Paul certainly wasn't innocent. Yeah, he probably, you know, he deserved not so much, just not just that, but probably a whole lot of things for payback what he was doing, what he did before he was saved. None of us are innocent. Mm-mm. None of us are innocent. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All are sinned, have sinned. Yeah. But God is gracious. He is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. Praise God. We don't cheapen his grace. Oh, no, we don't keep on clowning just because his grace is there. No, that's not what we do. We bless the Lord with our lives. We live for him. I just love the Lord today. I tell you, I'm having a good time in Jesus. You know, the look on some of those faces in the audience when the kids first started praising the Lord in in the dance. Now, the judgmental look, the judgmental look. But then they got to thinking and seeing and hearing the testimonies. Uh, It was just good. It's good. And we do move in him. We move and breathe and have our being. Dancing is all right. I don't know what kind of dance uh, David danced before the Lord. Uh, it was must have been serious because brother lost some of his clothes dancing. Now, I ain't saying lose your clothes dancing for the Lord. But I am saying that we'd give him glory in how he gives us to express the glory. And it's all good. It's all holy. Yeah, because it's for him. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, holiness is right. It sure is. And one thing about it, kids can dance before the Lord because they know of a Savior. They're being taught of a Savior. They've probably experienced God in their lives. I know a lot of young kids who were who were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Young. Got the Holy Ghost young, tarrying for the Holy Ghost. They were taught, amen, in the ways of God. And some of those kids are now grown. And, of course, a lot of us, we still hanging in there. Yeah, I got filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 11 years old. Sure was. That's pretty young. Some was younger. Some people were younger when they were filled. But I had a desire I wanted to be saved. I wanted to get to know this Jesus that folks were talking about. Because, sure, my life was not great. It was not great. I was going through some things. But if it wasn't for God, 
I knew that he was the answer some way, somehow. Some way, somehow. I wanted to get to know. I wanted to get to know about Jesus. And he he has that way for us to do. He has that way. It's not hard. It's not hard. You know, a lot of us may not go to church anymore. Yeah, Facebookers, YouTubers. A lot of the Christians in America, they claim to be Christian, but they don't go to church. They didn't go to church when we could go to church. Yeah. So what do we do as believers and lovers of the Lord, as disciples? Yeah, we tell the world. And I'm here to share with you today that Jesus loves you. I don't come on here just to hear myself talk, although I will. Because, honey, what I'm talking about and is good and definitely who I'm talking about is even better. Hey, is even better. He is wonderfully awesome. Yeah, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. And I've done my job. Yeah, we're all called to do something with Jesus, especially telling. Do something when Jesus saves us, especially tell of his goodness. I've done my job. And I know he says in his word that his word won't return to him void. It will seek out and accomplish what it was intended to do. My job is to tell you about Jesus, tell you about his goodness, tell you about his mercy, tell you about his grace. Tell you that he loves you. Tell you that he wants you to be his child. He wants you on his side. Yeah. And if you have a desire, you want to be saved, pray this prayer. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner and I am sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. Please forgive me for my sins. I repent and turn away from sin and I turn to you. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sin. I repent and turn away from sin. And I turn to you. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your precious blood on the cross.
at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sin. Right now I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior and Lord over my life and my soul. With my heart, I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. This very moment I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, transform my life so that I may bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, you're on your way to experiencing and having the relationship with your creator, God. Yeah. Stay focused on him. Get in a good Bible class. Yeah. And surround yourself with good, good music in him. Good programming. And good people. Godly people. Get in the church. Good church. Yeah, come back and hang out with us again. Visit our website and uh, at the www.lfhhm.org and there's a pamphlet out there that will help you understand. You click on the discipleship resources and it'll help you understand your journey with him. Make it a lot more clearer and share it. Tell others what happened. Tell others that you... Ask the Lord to be your Lord and Savior. Tell him. Amen. Walk in victory. Grow in God. And just be blessed. Come back and hang out with us again. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining the LFHHM broadcast together with him. Special thanks to the LFHHM volunteers, friends, and the consultants at Union Rog Hill Films. One God, One Church. Don't forget to check out the discipleship resources at www.lfhhm.org. There are also great volunteer opportunities. Click on the Contact Us tab and let us know you're interested. Be sure to subscribe like and sign up to review media notifications on events and updates. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is indeed plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest.